Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina min sayyati amalina. Man yahdihillah falamudillalah wa man yudlil falantajida lahu waliyan murshida. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah al-ahadu al-qahhar wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون. Indeed, all praise and thanks belongs to Allah Tabarak wa Taala alone. We seek His help, His assistance, and guidance in all things. He whom Allah Tabarak wa Taala guides, there is none that can misguide Him, and He whom Allah Tabarak wa Taala leads astray, there is none that can guide Him, except through the will and permission of Allah Tabarak wa Taala alone. And I bear witness and testify. That there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al Hashimi al Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind. O oh, you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as He deserves to be feared and do not die except in a state of Islam, do not die except that you are Muslims. Alhamdulillah, this is the first lesson in our series, Tafsir Unlocked. Now the Qur'an, my brothers and sisters, is the uncreated word of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. It was re- revealed to the last Prophet, sallallahu wa sallamu sent to all of mankind and the jinn kind, Muhammad ibn Abdullah, as the final message to all of humanity till the end of time. Now the Qur'an itself from cover to cover is wahi, is revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Qur'an itself has rights upon us. The Qur'an has rights upon the believers. And from the greatest right that is to be given by the believer to the Qur'an is that the Qur'an is to be understood. Now, there is a misconception that the Qur'an can only be understood by a select few, al-khawas, right? A small chunk of the Muslim ummah who are the only ones who are to understand the Qur'an and some people even warn against studying the Qur'an, the tafsir, they say, that's not for you, it's for the scholars. Now, this is complete falsehood. And something that shows this is that this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's message to all of mankind as the final message. And it does not make logical sense without looking at any dalil other than just mere logic that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would send this final message to only some of mankind and not to all of mankind. Now, something that is important is that yes, the cover to cover of the Qur'an can be understood, but it's upon you to seek that knowledge. It's upon every Muslim to seek out that knowledge. Now, today, the issue is, is that we are extremely limited in the options with the Qur'an and its explanations in English. And... There's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of misunderstandings about the Qur'an that are rampant in our time. And through going through the tafsir of our salaf in somewhat of an academic setting, not as a series of motivational talks or a class that isn't prepared, we can look at what the scholars of our past, our scholars, what they said about the Qur'an. And... This, insha'Allah, will be a method that we can appropriate to every single verse of the Qur'an, insha'Allah. Now, this is a class that I 
يعني personally think will take somewhere between 10 to 15 years to finish. We only got one day a week and we're going to be realistic. Some brothers, mashallah, they've given me their wa'ad, they've given me an oath that they're going to be here for the full 15 years. Now, something that is important is that we need to do this slow and we need to do it properly because this is the method of the Sahaba and this is the method that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Qur'an was not revealed one hit. It took over a period of 20 years for the Qur'an to come down. The Sahaba would take from a Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in some narrations 10 verses at a time. And so, inshaAllah, we will eventually get to that, but we're not the Sahaba, so we're going to have to take less than 10. And inshaAllah, we're going to go through it slowly, and we're going to go through the kalam of the Salaf, our Salaf, the pious predecessors, and the scholars of tafsir, insha'Allah. So don't expect that this is going to be like a six-month crash course. Uh, this is going to be يعني, slow and steady. It's going to be like a good barbecue, something that you have to cook on low heat, something that's going to take a little bit of time, but insha'Allah it's going to taste beautiful. Bi'idnillahi tabaraka ta'ala. I'm kind of getting hungry. Allah. Now, exploring the Qur'an through the various tafsir of our salaf, we learn... The meaning of the Qur'an, insha'Allah, we can get a grasp of some of the rulings of the Sharia, we grasp the foundations of creed, of aqidah. We can look into the various details of the seerah of the Prophet wasallam when things were revealed upon him. And we can see the stories of those who came before us from the previous prophets and nations and other sciences also. But before we start today's class, insha'Allah, there's some, يعني, I don't want to call them house rules, but just some things that I want to make a point of bi'idnillahi tabarak wa ta'ala. Now every single person is welcome to this lesson, ahla wa sahlan. But please, no one, يعني, we've had this issue in our 40 hadith class that some people had an issue that it went too long. And mid-class, they'd be like... <laughs> so please, يعني, you're welcome to come. Ahla wa sahlan, you can stay. Sisters, you're more than welcome to come. يعني, I can't see the sisters, obviously. I'm not looking at these guys over here because I'm saying the sisters. The sisters, you're more than welcome to come. You can bring your families, ahla wa sahlan. Please, يعني, be relaxed here. The second point stems from this point, is that no one is to make anyone in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feel unwelcome. Now, يعني, don't give anyone dirties. Someone's new, you're sussing him out. يعني, relax, just take it easy. It's a masjid. It's a house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're all brothers, we're all sisters. So just take it a bit easy. However, if someone, and this has happened, we've got this complaint previously in one of the classes, that if someone is on their phone on a loudspeaker or talking loudly to their mate at the back of the masjid, and يعني, if it's the men's section, the women's section, you can nicely ask them to keep it quiet, inshallah. And if it doesn't happen, ahla wa sahlan, we're here to help. Let us know mid-lesson. Mid-lesson. That's the only time you can, يعني, through the lesson, if something is annoying you, something is an issue, and you want that to be addressed, ahla wa sahlan. Now, today is a bit too late to put this out, but I want everyone to either have a book, a laptop, a tablet, something that they're writing through the notes of the lesson. Whether it's their phone on their notes, no issue. Uh, if not directly here, then eventually when they go home, and to write it out from the video, inshallah, as a form of revision. Now, Something that is important for the people that are watching online and listening on Al-Bayan, on the radio, is that anyone who is in Sydney and is able to come to the masjid, to come to the masjid, 
This is knowledge, and knowledge first and foremost is sought physically. Now if you're sick, you're unable, you've got some family circumstances, doesn't allow you to come, khalas, you can watch it online. But if you're able to, and you're just not bothered to come, and you're like, I'm just going to do it online, this is from the traps of the shaitan in my opinion, that someone is being deterred to come to the masjid because they want to do it on their couch or in bed. Now this is something that is a bit of an issue with how easy it is to listen to a lesson. But if someone is able to, then it is more befitting for them to come to the lesson, to come to the masjid, and insha'Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put barakah in that knowledge. Because you strived hard to gain it. And in that you will feel a different type of ladha, a different type of sweetness, insha'Allah. Now, the way that I usually conduct the lessons is that questions are in the end. Uh, sisters, today we're actually using uh, a different method. We're using a, a website called Slido. Um, S-L-I-D-O. Uh, from one of the beautiful brothers who helped organize it. Jazallah khair. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect him and his family, Ya Rab. And the number that you need to put in, if someone can quickly write this down from the sisters section, and the brothers, if you're shy to ask a question, no problems, you can use it. 181-3693. 181-3693. And inshallah, I believe this number will change from week to week, but we'll suss it out as we keep going on. Now, if there's any issues between any of the brothers, any of the sisters, if anyone feels disrespected, if any sister feels like there's an issue that needs to be addressed, then I don't want you to leave this masjid and think that you're disenfranchised. You were to come to the masjid and you're supposed to tell us. Let us organize it. Let us help this. Let us fix this situation. Don't be deterred from coming to the masjid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of something that happened between people. This is your house. This is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you have rights. Now, if there's something there, ask from the, the platform that we have. You can put in there, or mid-lesson, if there's something that's يعني, really getting to you and you can't do it, send a message through one of the kids or something like that. Send a message on paper if you have to, mid-lesson, and get it to the front, inshallah, and we will organize it straight away. Uh, so that is something that is important, bi-idhnillahi tabarak wa ta'ala. This is يعني, a long, long class. يعني, not just in the sitting that we're going to do, uh, it's going to take a lot of time to go through the Quran cover to cover, verse by verse from its beginning to its end. So it's going to require a lot of patience from both sides. And I'm not يعني, the most knowledgeable person in Sydney or anything by that in any way, shape or form. But I'm trying to give something to you that you don't have access to. I'm trying to give you something that is from the works of our Salaf and it's being translated directly from it. I'm doing the translating يعني, myself. Uh, most of the time because a lot of these books are not translated So a lot of time goes into these lessons uh, In translating, in preparation And all I ask is that if I'm traveling If I'm sick or unable to attend Please do not lose, lose your zeal for the lessons Don't lose the energy that you have for the lessons We need to keep it going Whether it's brothers encouraging each other This is all going to help in the long run uh, I was talking to Sheikh Abu Bakr Zawd Hafizahullah wa ta'ala about this lesson and he even advised me to go as far as if I don't understand or haven't fully comprehended, comprehended a verse to cancel the lesson for a week or two weeks just so I, I get it down pat. I don't, I'm not going to take that rukhsa insha'Allah. I want to keep it going. We're going to يعني, have this very, very prepared. Bi-idhnillahi tabarak wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his assistance. But all I ask يعني, is that, look, we have full-time work. We have يعني, three other lessons that we're running. We're doing other things as well. Just be patient with us, insha'Allah, if there is something that يعني, makes us unable to attend and make dua for us and our families, Ya Rab. Now, 
The eighth issue is to have respect for the knowledge that we're taking. Now this is not my tafsir. I am giving you an explanation of what has been mentioned by the ulama and I'm going to quote from their books insha'Allah. From, yani we're practically at this point up to 13 different tafsir that we're going from. Uh, some of them are older, some of them are newer, but majority is pre-7800 Hijri. Now, if this is boring for you, if something in this lesson is boring and you're getting tired of it, then knowledge is boring for you. Right? There's something that's a bit of an issue here. This is what our scholars have deemed important to mention in their books. So we're going to mention it. And we're going to give them the respect to mention what they did in their books. With them as well. But if you find that this is يعني, a bit tiring, a bit boring, then maybe this lesson isn't for you. Now, something that is important to note that the most important uh, commodity in the life of a believer is his time. And you don't want to waste your time. So there are some people who are يعني, doing lesson on lesson on end. However, after six, seven years, after three, four semesters, you can't tell the difference between them entering and them leaving. Yani it's as if they haven't learnt a thing. And I've seen this personally, brothers who are in yani sometimes uh, different classes, and yani when you talk to them, you, it's apparent the lack of knowledge. So I ask humbly to everyone to really take their time and to assess what have they benefited and where their priorities lie. What have you learnt? And what are your goals? And what do you want to do? And then see where to spend your time. And this way, inshallah, it will make a bit more sense to you of where to go on what day and what lessons to attend and what lessons not to attend. MashaAllah, there is more harakah in Sydney now. Uh, and it's just everywhere, MashaAllah. There's a place to be at any day. Alhamdulillah. But choose wisely. right? So if this class isn't for you, you don't getting anything from it, go to somewhere else and study something that you're going to get something from. But what my aim here is in this sitting, we're going to go through the works of the Salaf, the works of the ulama, the ulama of tafsir. And we're going to mention to you what they mentioned. Now if this is boring, then this is not studying knowledge, this is something that is very, very يعني, dangerous. Right? If you're saying you're a student of knowledge, and you're finding knowledge boring, and it's the knowledge of the Qur'an, and it's the knowledge that the Salaf have mentioned, and it's the knowledge that we have in our books of our Salaf, then you're in a bit of... يعني, Dangerous, dangerous waters. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. Don't get bored. Right? That's the, the coming. Don't get bored. This is something that is ilm. You are in ibadah. You are studying. This is something as going to be heavy for you in the day of judgment, inshaAllah. Now, the second last uh, point is to share the knowledge. Right? So when someone is studying, and they find something that is important, they feel that something is a very big misconception, share that knowledge to your friends and your family. So I'm not telling you to go into the nitty-gritty of everything that we go through and then put it on your family. You're a deviant! I'm not, not trying to do that right. Take it, relax with it, chill. We're going to do things that, يعني, I genuinely believe this hasn't been done in this type of sitting uh, in public, uh, recorded and whatnot. So do something with that knowledge. This is something that insha'Allah we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to barakah in it. But this is something that is, because of يعني, the time that's being put in this, I genuinely think that insha'Allah this can be a point of a lot of benefit ta'ala. The last point of note that I want to make is that acquiring knowledge is very easy. 
You can acquire knowledge very, very easily. You can read every single book under the sun. It is possible. I genuinely think so. Right? If you have the time management skills and whatever it is, you can acquire it. You can read it. You can do that, uh, you know, a quick skim read or whatever type of reading it is. However, revising, maintaining, and memorizing knowledge is the hardest point of knowledge. So you can be here. It's going to be an hour of information overload. If you don't do anything with that knowledge later on in two weeks, it's as if you didn't come to this lesson. With the actual practical يعني, effect of that knowledge is that you haven't really understood it in the sense where if you can't answer a question or if I say to you how many names, like from one of the questions today, how many names does Imam Qurtubi rahimahullah mention about Surah Al-Fatiha? If you don't know it and you sat that class, you're like, yeah, I, I know it, but like I forgot it. Or I took it, I, I studied that, but I, I can't remember. It means you didn't do it. If you don't have that answer on call, you didn't do it. You didn't take it. It's as if you don't have that knowledge. So you could sit that same class over and over and over and over again, year after year after year after year, but if you don't revise it and don't internalize that knowledge as the form of at least information, then it's as if you have not taken that knowledge. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for its protection, whether it's before this class by an hour, whether... It's a day a week, you want to go over your notes very lightly. It doesn't have to be like you have to read every line with a microscope. Yani, no one's telling you to just skim over it so it remains fresh. So one day a week, one day a month, do something where you're revising the knowledge that you're taking. And yani, you don't want to be a bucket that's you're just completely pouring water in it and then it's just leaking continuously. Right? So there's no, nothing that's remaining in that bucket except that which is the newest water there. So you want something that you are internalizing this knowledge and you're going over it constantly and this is something that you're going to have to do over and over again. Everyone with me? We're okay to start now? Bismillah. Now we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us if, يعني, even if we spent our entire lives يعني, doing this tafsir, wallahi we have not given the Qur'an its right. And this is kalamullah, this is the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if every minute of every day we spent towards the Qur'an and trying to understand it, reading the tafsir of the imma, doing everything we can, we still haven't given the Qur'an its right. Don't think you're doing anything special here. We're trying our hardest. We're going to do as much as we can. But the Qur'an is something that even if you gave every inch of yourself to it, it still requires more for you to give its right. You can't ever give its right. You just have to keep going. You just have to keep going as much as you can. And this is the most important science because it's kalamullah. It's the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So keep يعني, reminding yourself of this. You're in ibadah, insha'Allah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the ability to complete this task, ya Rabb. Surah Al-Fatiha, my brothers. Imam Al-Tabari, rahimahullah, who died in the year 310. He says, it has been authentically narrated to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on the authority of Abu Hurairah. And this hadith is found in a tirmidhi and is authentic regarding Al-Fatiha, that it is Ummul Qur'ani, وَهِيَ فَاتِحَةُ الْكِتَابِ وَهِيَ السَّبْعُ الْمَثَانِ Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah mentions this hadith which states that the Fatiha is the leader of the Qur'an. It is the opener of the book and it is the seven repeated verses. And then after mentioning this, Imam Al-Tabari himself rahimahullah gives an explanation of each of these words, of each of these names of Surah Al-Fatiha. So how many were mentioned? You literally had to just count, my guys. Come on. Three names of Surah Al-Fatiha. So 
he explains them, Imam Tabari rahimahullah, he says, it was called Fatihatul Kitab, the opener of the book, because the written Quran, the Mus'haf, is opened by its writing. The Mus'haf itself is opened by its writing. And through its recitation, the prayer begins. So, it is, in, it is an opening for that which is recited from the chapters of the Quran, both in written and in recitation form. So, Fatihatul Kitab, the opener of the book, is because both in the Mus'haf that you open, Surah Al-Fatiha is there, right? And in your Salah, what's the first thing you read? Right, from the Surahs of the Quran, you read Surah Al-Fatiha. So it is the opening of the book. Imam Al-Tawari, rahimahullah, he continues and he says, Umm Al-Quran, the leader of the Quran, now there is a, sometimes you'll see the mother of the Quran, but I've chose to translate it as the leader of the Quran, and Imam Tabari rahimahullah, he says, the leader of the Qur'an because of it being ahead before the rest of the chapters of the Qur'an. Because it comes before the rest of the chapters of the Qur'an. And that the rest of the chapters of the Qur'an follow it behind it in both recitation and the written format. So Umm al-Qur'an, the leader of the Qur'an, is because it is at the forefront. It's before anything else. Both in recitation and in the mushaf in its written form he says rahimahullah it has been called umm al-quran because the arabs call every complete matter or introduction to a matter if that which follows it supports it and it is its complete leader umman its leader umman this yani this word here is used for anything that is followed. Anything that's in front of something and behind it, things follow. And it's its complete leader. So he says, I'm going to go over it again. He says, because the Arabs call every complete matter. It's complete. There's no naqs in it. It's sufficient in what it has. Or an introduction to a matter. Something that comes before anything else. If that which follows it, so often, يعني, now we say Surah Al-Fatiha, what comes after it? The rest of the Qur'an. If that which follows it, supports it. It doesn't go against it. It completely supports it. And it's its complete leader. يعني, no, nothing is saying that this Fatiha is not the leader of the Qur'an. Then it is called Umman in Arabic. Umm Al-Qur'an. Umm Al-Kitab here. Umm Al-Qur'an over here. So over here this word means that it is the leader of the Qur'an. The leader of the Qur'an. Now Imam Al-Qurtabi, we're going to take from his tafsir now to come to explain this part over here, Umm um Al-Qur'an, because this part wasn't mentioned by Imam Tabari rahimahullah. Imam Al-Qurtabi rahimahullah makes an example of, in the Arabic language, that the banner that is upheld in front of an army is called Ummun. Right? The banner that's held, the, the actual flag, that an army carries in its front. This is called Ummun. And the rest of the army follows it. The rest of the army follows this banner. Following it. So this is the example of the Quran. This is the example of the Fatiha with the Quran. That it is like the banner in the front of the army. The banner in the front of the army. Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah. He says, it has been said that Mecca, Mecca was called, sorry, English Mecca, 
uh, it was mentioned that Mecca was called Ummul Qura, the leader of all cities, or you'll see the translation, the mother of all cities, because of it being favored over all other cities, and that all of the other cities are not like it. So Ummul Qura, you know, who's heard of the university in Mecca? Relax, you can sit down. Khair. Sit down, it's okay, it's okay. Umm al-Qura, who's heard of that university in Mecca, right? Why is it called Umm al-Qura? Because it's in Mecca. Right? So Mecca is called Umm al-Qura, the leader of all cities. So Imam Tabari rahimahullah says, because of it being favored over all other cities, and that all other cities are not like it. There's no city that someone can say is like Mecca. And it has also been said that it was called Umm al-Qura, the mother of all cities. In this context, I'm using the word mother. Because from that point, the rest of the land was spread out, so it became the mother of all cities. It became the mother or the leader of all cities. So he's saying that it is accepted that Umm al-Qura, Mecca, was the point through which the land was spread out. Yes, everyone under following? So over here, because it was called this, now it became the leader of all cities, because that's the initial point, it's the forefront. I know it's flat, oh, so, or we're not going to get into that, right? But from that point, the rest of the earth spread. And so because of that, it became called Umm al-Qura, the mother or the leader of all cities. Imam al-Baghawi, rahimahullah, because this word is a big thing, so I got from Baghawi over here to explain what Imam al-Tabari, rahimahullah, uh, is mentioning. And he died in the year 516, uh, Hijri 516 Imam al-Baghawi He says in his tafsir That it was called Umm al-Qura Because it is the foundation The asas of the Quran It was called Umm al-Qura Umm al-Kitab Umm al-Quran Afwan Astaghfirullah <laughs> It was called Umm al-Quran Because it is the foundation Of the Quran The asas of the Quran And from it The Quran begins From it The Quran begins now Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah he continues and he says as for the meaning of sab'ul mathani the actually he says as for the meaning of a sab' he first mentions sab' and then he mentions al mathani later so he says as for it being called the seven then it is because it is seven verses it is because surah fatiha is seven verses and he says that there is no difference of opinion between all of the scholars and reciters in this But where they differed amongst themselves Was by which verses do they become seven So everyone agrees that they're seven verses Right But they differ on what comprises the seven verses Now he briefly mentions this issue And he says that those who included the Basmala Were from the main schools of Kufa And those who did not include the Basmala Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim were from the schools of Al-Madina and this is an issue that we're going to get to in I think class number 3 of Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim when we get to it bi-idhnillahi tabarak wa ta'ala so seven verses why is it called sab' al-mathani or al-sab' is because seven verses right there are no difference of opinion of whether it's seven there are some aqwal that are shad that are yani, not, not that go against the ijma' of the scholars, so they're not to be looked at in this regard. So, seven verses, and that's why they're called Sab'ul Mathani. Now, he says 
As for Imam Tabari rahimahullah, we're still on Imam Tabari. He says, as for the description of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that they are al-mathani, the repeated verses, then this is because they are repeated in the recitation in every prayer, voluntary and mandatory. So it's called al-mathani, the repeated verses, because it is repeated in its re- in its recitation in every prayer, voluntary and mandatory, and. He mentions Imam At-Tabari rahimahullah and he says this is also the explanation of Hassan al-Basri rahimahullah. Imam al-Qurtabi rahimahullah who died in the year 671 Hijri he made mention of 11 names of Surah Al-Fatiha. How many did Tabari mention? Three. Now Imam al-Qurtabi who died in the year 671 made mention of 11 names in his tafsir and we will take that which wasn't mentioned already so i'm going to ask you how many did we take and how many wasn't mentioned now so i'm giving you the question before it comes so i want you all to be on the ball inshallah but it's a lot so <laughs> don't think that we're going to take half of it now it's going to be a lot because if you only take it took three and there's 11 there's a lot to cover so we've got a lot of we've got a lot of time to cover allah al-musta'an now <laughs> The first name that he mentions is As-Salatu, As-Salah, the prayer. And he says, this is based on the hadith that I'm saying that it's in Sahih Muslim, the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu an, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, قَصَمْتُ الصَّلَاةَ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ عَبْدٍ الصَّيْنِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in this famous hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I have divided between me and my slave, what? As-salah, the prayer in two halves, in two halves. And we know this hadith when the person says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Allah responds. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Allah responds. But what was the reference point here? That I have separated the prayer in two. But what was he talking about? Al-Fatiha. Because he's saying, I've divided the prayer in two. And then he says, when I say Alhamdulillah, when the slave says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Allah replies with, that my servant has praised me. And then the hadith, which we'll take insha'Allah in probably the next class. But over here, the reference point that we need to look at is that in the hadith, Al-Fatiha was referred to as As-Salah, as the prayer. Imam Al-Kathir, rahimahullah, he mentions, uh, and he died in the year 774 after the Hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that it was called as-salah because it is a pillar of the prayer. It is called as-salah because it is a pillar of the prayer. So sometimes in the Arabic language, the most important part of the point takes the whole name, right? So it's as if calling your car an engine, like yani, as if that's that's what it's like. So the most important part of the prayer, or yani, over here from the actual Quran in itself, is the condition of pillar of the prayer. Afwan. So over here, Ibn Kathir rahimahullah mentions that it was called As-Salah because it is a pillar of the prayer. Just as a side note, do you get what we're trying to do now? With the tafsir? Yani everything is kind of meshing together with different aqwal. That's what we're trying to do. That we take from over here what's, ref- what's uh, yani important to this part, part over here. So we're going to keep doing this inshallah, but the chunk of it, we're going to mention who is saying what. So we just keep that in mind inshallah. The second name that is mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah is Al-Hamdu. 
the praise or the all praise? Alhamdu, the praise or the all praise? And he mentions that this is because in the surah is the mention of this praise. Just as Al-A'raf, the heights, is named after its mentioning of the surah, in the surah. And Surah Al-Anfal is named after its mentioning, after its mention in the surah. And Surah Al-Tawbah and other surahs like it. So over here, it's, he's saying that it's called Alhamdu. Why? It's because it is Alhamd. And just as, for instance, another example, like Baqarah is because there's a story of a cow in Surah Al-Baqarah. And over here, Al-Araf, the people that are going to be stuck between Jannah and Jahannam, right? The mentioning of that story, it takes it, Al-Ankabut, story of the spider, that the house of the spiders are the weakest type of homes. The homes of the spiders are the weakest type of homes, the, the most feeble. But over here, one word was mentioned, and the whole surah takes that. As a defining point from surah to surah, so over here, uh, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah says that the, the second name is Alhamdu, the praises or the all praise because of its mentioning in the surah. Now, the third name mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah is Ummul Kitab. Did we take this one? La. We took Ummul Quran. Ah, that was, I just got you. <laughs> so, over here, this name, we're putting it here as a separate one because he mentions Ummul Quran after. So, he mentions this as a separate name. So, Ummul Kitab, the leader of the book, and he says this, sorry, this is different to what was mentioned by Imam Al-Tabari, rahimahullah, Ummul Quran, the leader of the Quran. He says, Imam Al-Qurtubi, and in this name is a difference of opinion about whether you can call Ummul Kitab, the Fatiha, if you can call it this, there's a difference of, the, difference of opinion. And he says the majority of position, the Jumhur, have stated that it is permissible to call it Ummul Kitab. The majority position, the Jumhur of the ulama, the wide, wider body of scholars, whatever you want to يعني, call it, they have stated that it is permissible to call Al-Fatiha Ummul Kitab, the leader of the book. And he mentions, whereas Anas, an, Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah, and Ibn Sirin, rahimahullah, disliked this name to be used for al-Fatiha of Ummul Kitab. Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah, says his, his uh, definition of Ummul Kitab is al-halal wal-haram, the lawful and the prohibited. Al-halal wal-haram. Ummul Kitab, he says, is the lawful and the prohibited. Whereas Anas and Ibn Sirin, rahimahumullah, mentioned that Ummul Kitab is al-lawh al-mahfud, the preserved tablets with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the يعني, difference of opinion. However, as we mentioned initially, that the Jumhur, the wider body of scholars, have stated that you can call it Al-Fatiha, Ummul Kitab, the leader of the book. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentions in his introduction to the narrations that come before Surah Al-Fatiha. He says that it is called Ummul Kitab, the leader of the book, due to it being written in the Mus'haf and due to the prayer commencing by reading of it. Right? So it's called Ummul Kitab. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah mentions that it is called Ummul Kitab, the leader of the book, due to it being written first in the Mus'haf and due to the prayer proceeding, commencing by its reading of it. Now, the fourth name 
the fourth name that is mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah of Al-Fatiha which already preceded in the explanation of Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah but Imam Al-Tabari rahimahullah mentioned Sab'ul Mathani the seven often repeated right but over here what Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah mentions is Al-Mathani bas just Al-Mathani not Sab'ul Mathani just Al-Mathani okay so over here this is we're taking it as a separate name different from Sab'ul Mathani the seven repeated Al-Mathani the repeated verses and he says uh that Afwan, this is not from him, this is something separate, is that this is different to what was in the hadith of a Tirmidhi, which was Sab'ul Mathani, the seven often repeated, uh, repeated verses. Uh, but what is mentioned in the books of Tafsir also is that there is another possible meaning of Al Mathani. So the first is that it's the often repeated verses. The other meaning of Al Mathani is that it was that which was kept away for this nation or stored away because it was never revealed upon anyone who came before it was not revealed upon anyone before so it is something that was an exception or something that was stored away held away for this nation the fifth name that was mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah was Al-Quran Al-Azim Al-Qur'an Al-Azim The Magnificent Qur'an The Magnificent Qur'an He says, Rahimahullah That it was called by this name Because it entails in it All of the sciences and the meanings of the Qur'an He says that Al-Fatiha is called also Al-Qur'an Al-Azim The Magnificent Qur'an Because in it entails All of the sciences and the meanings of the Qur'an this is because it includes one, the praising of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most glorious and honored, by its description of the perfectness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his magnificence, two, the ordering of worship and sincerity in it, three, the admittance of one's inability to perform any action of worship except through his assistance. For supplication to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance upon the straight path. Five, the mentioning of those who break away. Six, the mentioning of the result of those who are ungrateful and the ones who turn away. Now in this, you want me to slow down? You want me to repeat it? Repeat it? Okay, we'll repeat it. Don't worry, we'll repeat it. So over here, he's saying why I wanted to do that, right? Why I'm trying to run a muck on all of you, is that this is the sciences of the Qur'an What I just mentioned Everything can somehow one way or another come back to this Everything can somehow come back to this So what are they? We'll go slowly The praising of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Let's write that down Yalla, come on. The praising of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala But if someone has already wrote that The most glorious and honored By its description of the perfectness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And his glory and magnificence right? That's the first thing the first thing that's mentioned. The second is the ordering of worship and sincerity in it, al-ikhlas as well. So not just worship without ikhlas, no, both of those things are in this. Right? It's all of it is in al-Fatiha. The third is that you're unable, the, the admittance, you're admitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of your inability, of one's inability to perform 
any action where you suck on. Which one? What number? This one. The admittance of we got rubbers out and everything today, but mashaAllah. Right? The admittance of one's inability, that you're unable to do something, to perform any action. Except through his assistance. That's the only way you're gonna do anything. That you can't do anything except through the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who gives you the ability. And through that ability, khalas, then you can do it. But without the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's assistance, you can't do anything. So you're admitting that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in it. Then the supplication to Allah for guidance. The supplication to Allah for guidance. Guidance upon what? The straight path. The straight path. And the fifth, <coughs> the mentioning of those who break away. The sixth is the mentioning of the result of those who are ungrateful, the ones who turn away. So in this, all of these things, you guys got to go back to the video. <laughs> Can't keep doing this. Yalla. Uh, <laughs> that's the benefit of being recorded, my guys. Come on. Now, these are the six things that the Quran entails. And all of its meanings can be found in Al-Fatiha, inshaAllah. We'll get to it when we do Al-Fatiha, يعني, verse by verse, inshaAllah. The sixth name that is mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, is Ash-Shifa. Ash-Shifa. The complete cure, or the cure, afwan, the cure, based on the hadith that is found in Musnad Darmi, which is not authentic, very important. That's my, I'm, يعني, my grading of the hadith. It says, based on the hadith that is found in Musnad Darmi, Fatihatul Kitabi, Shifa'un min kulli sum, that the opening of the book is a cure from every poison. But still, based on this, it is another name, Ash Shifa of. Surah Al-Fatiha. The seventh name that is mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah is Ar-Ruqiyatu. Ar-Ruqiyah. Right? The spiritual cure. The first was Shifa. The second is Ar-Ruqiyah. The spiritual cure. So he says, rahimahullah, that this has been authentically affirmed from the hadith, which is found in Sahih Bukhari and Muslim, of Abu Sa'id Al-Khudri radiallahu an in which the Prophet wasallam said to the man who read upon, who did ruqya over, the leader of a tribe, and the Prophet wasallam said to him, مَا أَدْرَاكَ أَنَّهَا رُقْيَةٌ What made you come to know that it, يعني Surah Al-Fatiha, because the, the story is that he used Surah Al-Fatiha to use as ruqya. So the Prophet wasallam asked him, مَا أَدْرَاكَ What? made you come to know that this Surah Al-Fatiha is a ruqya, a spiritual cure. So, that, using that, that becomes the seventh name of Surah Al-Fatiha. The eighth name that was mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah was Al-Asasu, Al-Asas, the foundation, the foundation. He says, this is based on what was mentioned by Sha'bi rahimahullah, who said, I heard Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma say, I heard Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma say, لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ أَسَاسٌ For everything is a source and a foundation. And then the narration is long, right? But at the end of that which he mentions, of what Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma mentioned, he says, وَأَسَاسُ الْكُتُبِ الْقُرْآنِ he says the foundation of all books is the Qur'an. 
the foundation, the most important point of it is the Quran. And he says, وَأَسَاسُ الْقُرْآنِ الْفَاتِحَةِ And the foundation of the Quran is Surah Al-Fatiha. So through this, it's called Surah Al-Fatiha, Asas, the foundation. And ta'a, come, come, come see here. <laughs> Having a nice little break there, mashallah. <laughs> the ninth name, Allah, I love this brother. Wallahi, I love him. The ninth name of Surah Al-Fatiha that was mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi is Al-Wafiyah. Al-Wafiyah, the complete. Right? He says, this was mentioned by Sufyan ibn Uyayna, rahimahullah. And this is because it cannot be split in two. It's complete. You can't split it in two. Nor is it possible for it to be broken. And then he says, if one was to read any chapter of the Qur'an, half of it in one rak'ah, and the other half in another rak'ah, it is still complete. Yujzi. Right? It's still, the prayer is fine. Your prayer, if you read, like even if it was this, don't do this, yeah, please don't do this. But if you read, Qulullah Wahad, right? And you just wrote, read the first verse in the first rak'ah, and the second verse in the second rak'ah, after reading Surah Al-Fatiha, it's fine. Right? You can read a page of one surah there, a page of another surah of another rak'ah, it's no problems. So he says, if one was to read from any chapter of the Qur'an, half of it in one rak'ah, one unit of prayer, and the other half in the next rak'ah, it is still complete and rewarding. Whereas if the Fatiha were to be halved in two rak'at, in two rak'ahs, it is not complete and is not rewarding. Lam yudzi. It doesn't work. You haven't come with something that's complete. So because of this, it's called what? Al-Wafiyah. Right? Surah Al-Fatiha is also called Al-Wafiyah. And this was the position of who? This is just to wake you boys up. Sufyan what? Thawri? Ibn Uyayna, mashaAllah. Now the tenth name of Surah Al-Fatiha that was mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah was Al-Kafiyah. First was? <laughs> it sounds too similar. Huh? No, no, no. What was the one that just came before this? This is Al-Kafiyah. Al-Wafiyah, right? So over here, this is the sufficient. The sufficient. The one before was the complete. This is the sufficient. Now, he says that Yahya ibn Abu, Yahya ibn Abu Kathir said, Rahimahullah, because it can suffice against other than it, it can suffice against other than it, but others against it cannot suffice without it. So, Al-Fatiha is not reliant upon anything else, whereas everything else is reliant upon Al-Fatiha. So, because of that, it is sufficient by itself. Everything else needs Al-Fatiha, and Fatiha doesn't need anything else. And this is based on some ahadith that we're going to get to next week, inshaAllah. Now, with this, we end with the names that were mentioned by Imam Al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, in his tafsir. So far, how many names did we take from Tabari? Rahimahullah? Huh? Ah, he's not listening, bro. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. He's there, he's there. How many names from Tabari? How many mentioned, did we say that Qurtubi mentioned? Eleven. How many did we take? Ten. So that means what? One more, no, we already took it. So the one that we already took was Umm al-Qur'an. Umm al-Qur'an was already mentioned. So we didn't take that as the 11th name uh, that was mentioned. 
Now, Imam Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, you guys thought we're done now, bro. No, we're just getting started now. <laughs> now, Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he mentions in his tafsir that he mentions many of the names that came before, right? Uh, I didn't have time to, to, to count exactly how many names came before, but he quotes some of the scholars of tafsir, and two names extra were mentioned in Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, two names that we haven't taken before, not extra, afwan. Two names that we haven't taken before. So, two names that were quoted by Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah. The first was Surah Al-Salah, the chapter of the prayer. The chapter of the prayer. Now, this is similar for it to be called the prayer or the chapter of the prayer. It's يعني, similar. But this is another name that was mentioned of Surah Al-Fatiha, by, quoted by Ibn Kathir. Rahimahullah. Uh, so what was that one? Surah Al-Salah. Surah Al-Salah. The second name that was يعني, extra to the ones that we have taken was Al-Kanzu. Al-Kanzu, the treasure. The treasure. Now, this is based on narrations that state that the Fatiha was from the treasures by the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is something that we're going to get to. Next week. So with that, my brothers, uh, next next lesson, insha'Allah, we're going to go through the fada'il, some of the benefits of Surah Al-Fatiha, insha'Allah. Uh, insha'Allah, this was beneficial. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to complete this task. We ask Allah subhanahu in this lesson. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept us and forgive us our sins. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wa jazakumullahu khayran. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.